0: Hi, welcome to church today. The message you're about to listen to came from a recent gathering at our church. Be encouraged as you enjoy this message. You know, I would like to teach or share sometimes really dramatic this, that, and the other. But you know, I, I'm a person who, oh, this is going to sound bad, it's already sounded bad before I said it. I like to read my Bible. I hope that's okay with you all. But I really like to read the book. And you know what? I don't care how you read it. It all comes back to the fact that it is the Word of God that changes your life and your circumstances. It's the revelation of God. It's not the revelation of church. It's not the revelation of anything other than Jesus Christ himself, Jesus and his Word being one. You know, we sing these wonderful lyrics. You know, grace and mercy came to me. You know, blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, you know, set me free. You know, God help us to actually believe that stuff. God help us to actually believe it. Anyhow, during the week, I somehow or another, I found myself looking at a couple of articles. I don't even remember how it happened. Dealing with the subconscious or slash, some people call it the unconscious mind. And I'm going to share just a couple of things about that. If I get to it, I've got a little PowerPoint. There's all manner of different views and definitions of the subconscious versus the conscious mind. Uh, but I've just taken a real simplistic approach, so I know that some people in here, like Victor's wife, who's a, cy- a psychoanalyst, uh, psychotherapist, you know, there are those who could think about the, or be able to share some of these truths far more, um, well, deeply than I can. But anyhow, first things first. Mark 4, Amplified Bible. This is Mark 4, is where you found the parable of the sower, sowing the word, and what have you. Um, I just felt I wanted to start with this. In verse... 22 Mark 4:22 amplified bible this is jesus speaking uh, i pray that you'll make the decision to believe that when jesus speaks it is true <laughs> okay i don't know can you i'll wait for you guys if you can get it up there mark 4:22 can you get it done there we go things are hidden temporarily only as a means to revelation That's a heavy statement. For there is nothing hidden except to be revealed, nor is anything temporarily kept secret, except in order that it may be made known. But this is what I want us to hear just as I begin this other talk. If any man has ears to hear, let him be listening. Let him perceive and comprehend. And then he said this in verse 24. Be careful what you are hearing. Did you hear that? Seriously, be careful what you are hearing. Now listen in this next. The measure, in other words, teaspoon size, gigantic lorry size. The measure, the size, the measure of thought. Say thought. Measure of thought and study. You give to the truth you hear will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you. And more besides will be given to you who hear. One of my favorite verses from all those years ago, Jesus said, take heed how you hear. The measure of thought and study you put into the truth you hear determines the measure of virtue and power that comes back to you. The word means just that, the measure of strength, the measure of power, the measure of God's strength comes to you but it all is dependent upon you making the decision to really have ears to hear i say this often but it only takes one word to change your eternal destiny it, that's really the truth and this morning like i said for some reason i'm kind of about to split open because of my desire for people to recognize that you and i are called really to be cha- life changers that god wants us to really take a stand for him you know, the nation, uh, everything that's going on in the nation right now, and uh, the, it, just the turmoil that's going on and everything that's going on in the world. I mean, you know, the church, Jesus, or the, the apostles said, you know, that even the very elect are going to be deceived in the last days. And I tell you, you, the thing that's going to distinguish those who know God and those who don't are simply those who have made the decision to be people of the word. Now, that sounds so simple, but I re—I just desperately wish you could actually, you, that you will really hear this. So, Father, that's why I'm praying that you really will give them a deep measure of the ability to listen to what you're saying, not what I'm saying. God wants you to stand out in the midst of all the darkness that's in the earth. You hear me? He wants you to stand out. And... Uh, if I get in trouble already, I don't really care anymore. But, I mean, you know, there's two major things. Like um, Annie Bradshaw, used to, you're here somewhere, I think. But Annie sent through one of these, prop, this word from Prophecy Today. And they were just talking about something about the nation and the state of the nation, which, you know, we already know that it is a sin, But they're talking about the two major areas that are causing this nation to be so weak. The fact that we've betrayed, you know, we've backed away from God so strongly in the overall nation. But they have in America as well. But, you know, they talked about the two major areas are the Islamic situation and the others that LGBT, the lesbian, gay, bi, trans, whatever trip. You touch those areas and you get in trouble. You touch those areas and they start to scream that we're not being tolerant. But of course, we're supposed to be able to say, well, if we can, if we have to tolerate you, you need to be able to tolerate us. But the point is, you know, it is true the Islamic situation I've shared this a long time ago but now everybody else is talking about it how the natural birth rate the average birth rate among Islamic families is 5.5 children per family the average birth rate on every other people group is 1.5 children per family so in a matter from 10 years ago 15 years ago they're talking about this in the next 10 years by birth rate alone the Muslims are going to have the overwhelming majority. So what's going to take place in voting and everything else, you, you, you can just see what's taking place. Okay? So that's, that's there. Nobody can say it isn't there. Did you hear me? Nobody can say that isn't there. So this is why our children, your children, you know, are going to be dealing with that. And the world is going to want them to bow. Islam will want them to bow. Islam has already said they're going to conquer London and turn all of London into into Muslims. Well, I always kind of jokingly, but seriously said, it ain't going to happen while I'm here because I'm not converting. (laughs) You know what I mean? But the other issue is the lesbian gay thing. It's one of the loudest spirits in the scriptures. The gay spirit or the homosexual spirit, the unclean spirit is what Jesus called him, the unclean spirit, pernail, is the loudest voice that Jesus ever had to deal with in the temple and stuff like this. He dealt with more unclean spirits than anything else he ever dealt with. So that thing is going to become huge, to say that he's far more huge than it is now, the political correct thing. And I know that you guys all know this, but see, you don't really know this. At least some of us don't really know this. I'm just saying we have to take our responsibility to represent Jesus Christ very seriously. I said, did you hear me? You know I'm a man Well I I like to think of myself as a man of love I still believe in the love walk more than anything else But remember like Paul said Don't let me become your enemy Because I tell you the truth We are to stand up for the truth Amen We're to stand for the truth We're to preach the truth Sing the truth Be the truth And do not compromise in any way shape or form Hallelujah Like I said God help me now Because I'm already going in different directions But I want you to catch this be careful what you listen to. Jesus said that. Make sure that you keep yourself in this word. Judy spoke last week on harmony with heaven and what and She used two of the most basic verses, you know, that we all grow up with. But I'm telling you, they're so vital. You know, in Psalm 1, Blessed are those who standeth not in the way of the sinner, sitteth in the way of the scornful, or sitteth in the seat of whatever. <laughs> all of this. But blessed is the man who looks into the word day and night, for he should be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, whose fruit shall prosper, and everything he does will be good. And Joshua 1.8, well, you know, here's Joshua about to fill Moses' shoes. It's a pretty pretty hard act to follow. And he says three times in verse 6 and 7, and then verse 9, he says, Be strong, be courageous. He said, but this, he said, But this book of the law must not depart out of your mouth but thou shalt meditate therein day and night so that you may observe to do according to all this written therein. For then you shall make your way prosperous, you'll deal wisely, and you'll have good success. Now that's the book. Amen? Amen. Okay, let's go home. Hallelujah. You got to keep this in your mouth. If you want to go forward, You have to believe in the anointing that's on God's word. One of the things that I love to say that God dealt with me about so long ago is a simple thing. One morning I was just praying a reading. He said, Rod, my truth is anointed. All you have to do is surround yourself with truth. Keep truth in your mind. Keep truth in your spirit. Keep truth in your mouth. Truth is anointed. No lie is. And anointings break yokes. God's anointing breaks fetters, breaks off the chains of anything that's a lie. And no matter what they say, what Islam is going to try to do, what it looks like it's going to happen, that can get you so depressed, no matter how strong the gay rights thing gets and how loud its voice gets, God's word remains true. And God's word says that the wicked will fall. Hallelujah. Very simply, the righteous will be delivered, and the wicked will fall. Hallelujah. That's just the way it is. So, as for me and my house, we've chosen to serve the Lord. Hallelujah. But that means you have to learn how to, again, you've heard me say this many times, you have to learn to put pressure against the pressure that comes on you from the world. Hallelujah. You just have to. Chariots of Fire. How many of you love that film? it's an incredible film isn't it we all remember the stand i forget his even name my gosh what's the name of the hero any other gentleman the guy from scotland eric little eric little or little yeah you know he took a stand for his faith and he chose not to run on the sabbath because that was something that he held very holy and the prince and the king of england that time about flipped out they said you're you know you're representing all of britain you you surely have to run he said no no he said kings are one thing but basically my god is far above my earthly kings," and he made that choice and i just read yesterday last night paul cole my friend sent me this thing about it and jim garlow this thing about this national one of the top women soccer players in all the world anyhow um, they, they they're having this major thing in america long story short they were the whole thing was to endorse the lesbian gay movement but she's a strong christian she's one of the key players she said i can't play then she said i simply can't play because my faith dictates otherwise i can't put myself in a position where my actions seem to be endorsing what i know in my heart to be something that breaks the heart of god and so she took the standard but he's flipping out about it but uh, as as one man said as jim i think was he said he said but this to me reminds me of chariots of he said let's thank god for her Begin to pray for her and pray that her tribe increases mightily. You know, that we raise our young people not to compromise is what I'm trying to spit out. But if you don't think tough times are coming, like I said before, they're coming. Anyhow, Julie spoke on the importance of meditating in the Word and showing what God's Word said about that. And as I sat there last week, I I kept coming, I kept remembering this verse. It jumped up in my spirit it's proverbs 23 7 just the first half of it proverbs 23 7 is that verse that says this for as he thinks in his heart so is he or in one of the King, i think it's king james as a man thinketh so is he do you hear me well like it says this for as he thinketh in his heart so is he the way you think determines who you'll become The way you think determines how you become. What you constantly think about determines what you're going to become. What you constantly think about (laughs) determines what you're going to become. All of the basics, Romans 12, 1 and 2. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, do not conform to this world. Do not conform to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you might be able to prove what is the good, the acceptable, and the perfect will of God. You've got to change the way you think. You've got to change your default position. When pressure comes, you default to what and how you've been trained all of your previous life up to now. You hear me? You default. We have to get your mind renewed or you need to get your mind renewed because this is going to run this real close in a moment, like I said about the subconscious mind when I show stuff these saying. But, you know, the Bible says that it's what you believe in the heart that has power. Out of the heart proceed the issues of life. The Hebrew says, out of the heart Life issues. And again, it's so basic. I keep getting frustrated because I, I don't want to every Sunday say the same thing. But I just, I talk to people every week. And I hear similar problems every week. And I know that there's only one similar answer to every situation. What's in your heart and abundance comes out of your mouth. When I hear you talk, I find out what's in your heart. And when I see what's in your heart, it helps me locate where you have problems and where the solutions need to be but what you have in your heart in abundance comes out. So you need heart surgery, don't you? We all need, and the only thing that does that is the sword of the Spirit, which is God's Word. It's only God's Word, the Bible says in Hebrews, that does what? That severs, that is able to cut and show the difference between soul and spirit. Anyhow, as a man thinketh, so is he. So we have to change how we think. Amen? Uh, there's so many of these things here, but um, that that word number think. If you could put up the first slide on the PowerPoint, that word "think" in the Hebrew there, interesting word. If you can put it up, in, uh it's S H A A R. Yeah, that's the one. If you can get it up there, it says it's a primitive root. It means to split or open literally, but only as a denominative. But it means to act as gatekeeper. I, I thought that was interesting. To think, what you think is a gatekeeper. What you think closes the door to things or opens the door to things. It's just that simple. But people say, I can't control my thought life. That's a lie. Otherwise, again, the basic verse of Second Corinthians 10, put up Second Corinthians 10, if you would, chapter, I mean, verse 4, 5, and 6. Let's just quote it anyhow. We know it, but again, let's read some basics. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 4 through 6. For the weapons of our warfare, we have a warfare. Amen? Amen. For the weapons of our warfare are not physical. They're not weapons of flesh and blood. But the weapons that we do have, I'm paraphrasing while I read it, but I want you to catch it. But they are mighty, the weapons we have, the weapons you and I possess. The weapons you and I possess are mighty before God for the overthrow. In other words, they're they're there for this reason. They're there for the overthrow, overthrow, overflow, overthrow. I'll get it right yet. They're there for the overthrow and the destruction of strongholds. Next bit. In as much as we refute, in other words, we take authority over, we refute arguments, And any theory or any reasoning and any and every proud and lofty thing that would dare set itself up against the true knowledge of God. And we lead every thought, every thought and purpose away captive into the obedience of Christ the Messiah, the Anointed One. So very clearly, he says that we are able. God said we have weapons. They're spiritual weapons. They're not flesh and blood weapons. But again, the major weapon, the only offensive weapon named in the armor of God is the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, which we're called to pray or speak, profess. Amen? Amen? I know it's basic, but some of you, you know, one of the greatest assumptions is when you think everybody knows it. We have new people that haven't been saved that long, and some of them haven't heard this stuff. So if you've heard it for years, well, bless God, you're just a super Christian. Amen. Right? But lead every thought, we lead every thought into captivity. You can lead every thought into captivity. And the way you do that is how? By replacing wrong thoughts with correct thoughts, with truth. Now, I woke up this morning, I thought I didn't know I was going to talk about this at all, but remember, words can either be curses or blessings. Did you hear me? A lot of people used to do a lot of teaching on curses, and they brought up all kinds of weird stuff and what have you, but the fact of the matter, again, when you go to the book, when you go to the Bible, please hear me again, If any man have ears to hear, let him hear. A curse is a word that's been spoken. Curses come by speaking. But then blessings come by speaking. Right? The key for both of them are what? Or whether or not you will receive that curse in your heart your inner being, or whether you'll receive that blessing. We have to really understand that in Christ Jesus, we have been, past tense, blessed with every spiritual blessing that's in Christ Jesus. I went over and started reading Numbers 22, 23, and 24 again. You know, Balak and Balaam, when this uh, one king tried to get Balaam to curse Israel. And you know, the basic truth of that whole thing is, is whoops, God says, how? He says, I cannot, excuse me, Balaam, Balak said, he said, I cannot curse that which God has blessed. Right? Now really, 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 please hear that. Nobody can curse. Nobody can curse what God has blessed. You have been blessed. When you received Jesus Christ of Nazareth, you entered into the blessing of Almighty God upon your life. Whatsoever you put your hands to will prosper. But you have to think that and see that it has to speak louder to you than any other words that anybody else speaks to you or any TV program speaks to you or any counselors speak to you. You have to know the truth so that you can rebuke and refute any other argument, any other philosophy, any other thinking or reasoning. I am blessed of God. You have to learn To look yourself in the mirror and say, I do not care how I feel. I do not care what others may say right now. I am in Christ Jesus. My life is hid in Christ. We have become one. My God prayed in John 17 that we might be one. I believe his prayers were answered. I hope you believe that what Jesus prayed in John 17 came to pass. We are now one. A miracle has happened that our head will never catch up to fully. It becomes more and more life in our inside that we are one with God. Hallelujah. That I am forever blessed. I have eternal life right now. If I never do another thing all my life, I'm going to reside for all eternity with God in heaven. I'm a blessed man. I'm a blessed man. You are blessed. If you're born again, if you're born from above, if God's Spirit has come indeed to dwell within you, then... No weapon formed against you really can prosper. But you see, wrong thinking causes you to go nuts. <laughs> causes you to live in the opposite direction. I'm telling you, it is absolutely crucial. Let me just hurry. Like I said, I could go in a thousand directions, but I want you to hear that real quickly. The thought, thoughts, that word for for think is a gatekeeper. In other words, you're the one that opens up stuff. You're the one that closes the door. God, help me be know what to open the gate to and help me know what to shut that gate instantly to. The moment they said, I'm going to die, I said, I will live. You know what I mean? That has to just jump all over you. This church is blessed. It really is. You may not realize it, but you know what? God spoke and said, multitudes are coming here. He said, fear not, be unafraid. He said, for you will see my mighty hand move. Multitudes are coming He said that And that's you know why Please look way beyond me We are going to teach this Bible We're going to teach It's truth We're going to teach the gospel We're going to be unashamed Of the truth No matter what anybody else says What any politician says What any forum says What any philosophy says I don't care how many programs they have on TV you know, when they begin to introduce the gay lifestyle, the gay philosophy into our three-year-olds and four-year-olds in nurseries, you know, you, you, you want to just scream. But, you know, that's what they're doing right now. It's, of course, we want them to know there's a whole different lifestyle, that you can choose your sexual orientation, blah, 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 that there's women and men and women, that's a thing of the past. Now it's men, men, women, women, men, dog, cat, frog, whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's bizarre, but it's anathema to God. We're not going to curse these people. The way you break a curse is with a blessing. If people would just understand it. Remember years ago in the church, the big deal was if you found, went by it. You've heard me share this again. But if you go by like a, a a psalm, not a psalmist, a palmist, you know, people that read palms or... People that are tarot card readers, people that are involved in psychic stuff and what have you. The big deal in Christianity is to curse those places, you know, the people will say, let's find those places and get in a prayer walk and curse that stuff. Command it to burn up. You know, burn that house down, God, them rotten heathen. <laughs> but God can't that's not how God that's not God's nature. You've got to see that the way things change, the way something like that gets closed down is when you begin to pray blessings. You speak the blessing of God on that person. You don't add to the curse they're already under by lack of knowledge and by ignorance of decision and choice. We are commanded to bless. God gave commandment to bless and he will not reverse it. I walk in the image of God. I have a commandment from heaven to bless and not to curse. Every single one of you are in the same shoes. If you're a born-again Christian, you have a commandment to bless. Hallelujah the way you help somebody is you bless them. You don't curse them. You don't attack them. You don't prophesy death and doom over them. You offer them the truth. Amen? You just keep bathing them with truth. You keep loving them with truth. And sometimes truth can be tough. But truth is love. You can't love people any Way stronger than offering them truth, but again, it's the spirit of how you offer, it, not it? You know, you don't. You know, you got to change this right now. Your life sucks. You're stupid. No, you know, you got to just say, you know, the path you're taking doesn't end well. And all I can say is this: when people listen, you you do need to learn how to receive correction well. But again, all of those who think we're called or offered, or let's put it this way: if we find ourselves in the position. The word God wants us to help somebody and offer some adjustment or correction. Just understand, all of us know somebody in the past on the dark side and the and the whites and the light side. What I mean by that is where people try to like, you know, scream at you to get you to change. But other people who told you the truth, but you could tell they were telling you the truth because they just loved you. And I mean you really, really, really knew they're trying to help me. They're trying to help me. I love a verse in Psalms in the Amplified Bible. It says, when it talks about receiving counsel, it said, receive counsel from a friend and, and a rebuke from a friend. I love this. It says, oil so sweet, let not my soul despise it. In other words, it says, the sweetness of a man's counsel, when somebody loves you enough to bring correction, the way we should receive it, David said, is, it's oil so sweet. Somebody loves me enough to help Let not my soul despise it. And that needs to be all of our attitude as well. Do you know anybody in here or anybody, do you know anybody in your life that may need some correction? (laughs) Do you know anybody that might need help? We all need help. Do you know what I'm saying? Hallelujah. Anyhow, a curse is a word that's been spoken That you've heard, and sadly, very possibly, you received it as truth. Maybe because you heard it from one person and another and another. Or from one situation that happened in your life, one event, until over and over again. Until that got in you. It went past your mind and got into your heart. And that's why, again, you begin to live. Because you live, The life issues forth from the heart. Whatever's in your heart defines you. It defines how you're going to act, respond, and react. And again, I I know I'm saying the same thing over and over again, but it's just so strong on me. I want you to understand why you need to be in the book. You need to keep seeing how God sees you. Because all he does, this is why I always, you know, I drive you nuts with this statement, but you need to spend 80, 90% of your time in the New Testament, not the Old Testament, because you need to see what Jesus says about you, the incredible depth of his love for you. I actually am loved by the creator of all the universes. Hallelujah. I am loved by God. You know, that's why some of those songs became so powerful. I mean, you know, I am a friend of God. I, I'm in an everlasting covenant with El Shaddai. Hallelujah. The God is more than enough. If God be for me, I mean, we just say that stuff so easily. But if God be for me, who can be against me? You're called to be a life changer. But you need to see yourself as a life changer. You need to accept the fact that you're fractured as well, but accept the fact that the love of God is the balm of Gilead that heals those fractures. That's what gives you the grace and the courage to take the beams out of your own eye so that you can see clearly, to take splinters out of other people's eyes. God deals with you first so that you might deal with others. It's so simple. God deals with you first. God deals with you first out of love. So that you can so that you can help others. I mean, it don't get any simpler than that. Hallelujah! It just doesn't. <sighs> I love my wife. Anyhow, um, let me read a couple of verses real quick. They're they're not just from my notes. Just a couple of simple. things. James chapter one, uh, verse five through eight says, "If any of you is deficient in wisdom." Let him ask of the giving God who gives to everyone liberally and ungrudgingly, I love this, without reproaching or fault-finding, and it will be given him. I just love the fact that my God is not a fault-finder. And so many people think when they go to God, the first thing he's going to do is tear you up. He's not a fault-finder. Anybody who actually asks for wisdom, God loves it. When we ask for wisdom over oh, asking for material goods or over asking for somebody else's you know, downfall, to say the least, or anything else, wisdom is the ability to put knowledge to work. Remember, God wants us to. Then let me If any of you is deficient in wisdom, let him ask of the giving God. The giving God. What kind of God? The giving God. Who gives to everyone liberally and ungrudgingly without reproaching or fault finding, and it will be given him. Oops, verse 6, uh-oh, only, only, everybody say only. <laughs> only it must be in faith that he asks with no wavering, no hesitating, no doubting. For the one who wavers, who hesitates, who doubts is like the billowing surge out at its sea. That is blown hither and thither and tossed by the wind. Verse 7. For truly let not such a person imagine that he will receive anything he asks for from the Lord. That's a tough one, isn't it? I said, isn't it? But that's the truth. You see, what I'm trying to get at here by reading this verse, then we'll read the next verse. It's the, it's, the, it's the message of being single-minded. Very simple, isn't it? Because the next verse is, A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. A double-minded man. Dipsukos is the Greek word, which literally means two, a division, a soul that's divided. Here one moment, here one moment, here one moment, here one moment. You have to become single-minded. Minded. This bit. You have to become single-minded. So it goes back to why we have to learn how to take every thought captive. You tell yourself what you're going to think. And remember, I've shared this with you often too, but my God, it's so important. I hope, and people miss it because of the simplicity of it. You can't speak and think at the same time. In other words, if you're thinking an ugly thought, the way you break its power is you speak a beautiful thought. It gets so simple. If I ask you to think your name right now or count to 10, 1 to 10 in your mind right now, and then I ask you to even say your name, you stop counting. Why don't people see the simplicity of that? This is why Jesus said in Matthew again, take no thought saying. What shall I eat? What shall I wear? What shall I drink? Take no thought saying. The way you take a thought and give it life is when you speak it. Take no thought, saying. Don't say the wrong stuff. Take authority over the wrong stuff by saying the right stuff, the truth. And you begin to do what God's word says in Hebrews. The word of God begins to, you begin to fashion and frame your world to the word of God. Did you hear that? You fashion, you frame, you equip for its necessary purpose, your life and destiny by the word of God. By the word of God. Did you did you hear that? <sighs> By the word of God. So he said, Don't be double minded, because that's what happens. But if he says don't be double minded, then you know what to me, see, don't take that as a negative instantly, like most people do. Just say it. Start to say that truth to yourself. I can and will be single minded. You've got to have a lot of, Julie calls it, I forget where she studied it, but self-talk. Your self-talk, what you think about yourself. You find yourself speaking all the time without even realizing it. You do speak what you think about yourself. Normally you do that more than any times when you're alone. This is why Dr. Cole always used to say the true character of a man is developed by what he does when he's all alone. It's what you think about when you're all alone. It's not what you think about in front of me. It's when you're all alone and you're given over to your thought life. That's when you have to really take things into control. Hallelujah. But, you know, it's such a beautiful thing. Like I said, I started out just looking in the mirror. It sounded so corny. But all those years ago, I had this list of confessions. Yes, they were confessions. But that's what the word confession means. Homo legale. To speak the same thing as to speak the same thing as God. So I would sit there and I'd read this and I'd look in the mirror and say, I am the righteousness of God. And I'd point my finger in my ugly nose, my broken nose that goes that way from all those years ago. (laughs) And I'd say, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You have right standing with God. You're a man of God. You're a holy man. You think good thoughts. You don't think foul, unclean thoughts anymore. You're changed. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. You're blessed above all peoples because you serve the living God. God lives in you for a truth. God is with your mouth. Hallelujah. You know, thanks be unto God who hath called me, who hath counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. You begin to speak that stuff and speak that stuff, and that stuff is truth. I said, that stuff is truth. And remember when I said truth is anointed? And anointings break the yokes off a of junk. Help me, Ann. Isn't that the truth? Seriously? Anyhow, verse 8, For being as he is, a man of two minds, hesitating, dubious, irresolute. He's unstable, unreliable, uncertain about everything else he thinks, feels, or decides. So we need to be single-minded. Later on in the same chapter, James 1 started verse 21. There's just a couple of thoughts here I wanted us to catch. So get rid of all uncleanness and the rampant outgrowth of wickedness. And in a humble, gentle, modest spirit, do what? What's it say? What's the next phrase? Receive and welcome the word. What does the word do when it's implanted in your soul? What's it say? Just what's it say? Receive and welcome the word which implanted and rooted in your hearts. You know what it contains? The power to save your soul remember your soul is not your spirit it's your mind your will and your emotions but you have to learn how to welcome the word into your heart and into your life and that means you learn to not welcome something this dark I forget who it was all those years ago who said you know it's like this in the old days back in Arkansas you know, you guys, do you know what an Arkansas razorback is razorbacks is big old ugly hog it's a pig slopping nasty mean hog it'll hurt you like wild boar and instead if you can imagine you know you have a house a lady's cleaned her house up she swept it all cleaned it up hoovered it wonderfully and all of a sudden there's a knock at the door and the door is there and this guy says hi i brought you a, i brought you three or four pigs you just come out of the slop and you know into your house and You you know, and you open the screen, and you let these hogs in the house, and they start slinging slop and everything and crud everywhere. And like the guy said all those days ago, he said if I was you, I wouldn't open the door. It takes deep intelligence. This statement. Don't open the door. And the other thing, it's like you get a you know DHL pulls up and they bring you this box, and it says on the inside contains live rattlesnakes. My suggestion is don't sign for it. Right? Right? Well, it's just so simple. But here God tells you, welcome, welcome. How do you make somebody feel welcome? And and this is why, again, your heart does need to be tenderized. why the Bible says, and where is it, Jeremiah, Jeremiah or Ezekiel, where it talks about, you know, break up the fallow ground. Well, you have to let your heart let that word just break that stuff up your heart gets so hardened my heart was so hardened you know you know my testimony you don't realize how hard your heart got because you had to build up defense systems because those things that you suffered hurt the things you went through hurt you've every single one of us have had personal betrayals or traumas or something that just flat hurt And there's no lie there's no way out of it. it hurt i mean it hurt and I said, it didn't hurt is, is dumb. And that stuff, like I said, it can lodge so deep within us that, again, you need supernatural help to get it out of you. But that's just it. The thing that does it is God's word, the blessing. That thing became a curse. You began to take your personal identity. It always comes back to that, too. You began to take your personal identity from some event that was absolutely, factually, incredibly painful. Nobody can deny that. But again, we've taught on this a thousand times. You can't keep living in yesterday's pain. You're very foolish to do that. Hebrews says if you continue to think about the place from where you've come, you create constant opportunity to return to it. That to me is so heavy. You can't keep rehearsing a pain or tragedy or a trauma that you went through because you keep creating opportunity for that pain to stay there and reside there. Don't do that. Let the truth of God come in. I am accepted in the beloved. God has placed us solitary in families. I have a family here that's beyond any earthly family that I've ever had. I have brothers and I have sisters in this room who are absolutely diamonds. I mean, they are genuine. They are incredible. And I will love them to my last breath. And that's the kind of stuff that just begins to go, you know what, I have so much to be grateful for. But rem- you understand, hell is an intimidator. Hell wants you to concentrate and meditate like Julie Tuttle. And- he wants you to meditate on the tragedy. And a lot of people, as you know, derive their identity from that, and they go around sharing their tragedy with everybody, and they'll build their life upon the pain that they experience, rather than the blessing that's called to replace it welcome the word which implanted and rooted in your hearts contains the power to save your soul. I know that's true because it's happened to me. Hallelujah. Like they say, unless you walked in it, you have no idea. You, you know, all of us have a testimony to some degree, but like I said, I'm, I, can only know, I only know mine. And like I said, the, the time I spent in prison and the stuff you're surrounded with, day in, day out, day in, day out, day in, day out. The fights, the knives, the, the violence, the cutting, the screaming at night, young kids getting raped, the stuff that you hear and you just have to harden yourself to, the constant chanting and tripping the gang. I mean, the stuff that you have to harden your heart in the, na- in, in the natural to survive. But all of us have gone through something similar. And suddenly God comes and your mind hears a good statement, but your heart's going, well, that ain't me. Because this has been so damaged. I've built a gigantic wall around it. I don't want anything else happening. So I'm going to make sure I keep everybody off, everybody away, everything. And you don't realize you do it, but you do it until somebody comes around your life that understands the love of God. And suddenly, they begin to break that heart open. And little light begins to come ever so small, trickles first. And suddenly, you begin to dare to trust again. And you begin to dare to love again. And you begin to dare to hope again. Because that's what hell really does. Hell destroys hope. Any expectation of good in the future Hallelujah. But see, God's word says there is hope in your future. God's word says my plans for you have never changed. Hallelujah. God's word says take up my way of doing things. Seek first the kingdom. Find out how the kingdom of God works. That's what it means. Seek first the kingdom doesn't mean go to church. It means discover how the kingdom of God works. Understand how the kingdom principles work and then anything and everything even the Gentiles ask for will be added unto you. You won't have to worry about clothes, money, anything. Even once you learn how the kingdom functions. Let me keep reading. Verse 22, James 1, 22. Another incredibly familiar. But be doers of the word. But be doers of the word. Obey the message and not merely listeners to it. Betraying yourself into deception by reasoning. Again, see the mind, what you think, as man thinketh, so is he. Betraying yourself. Betraying yourself into deception. Why? By reasoning that's contrary to the truth. The truth is God's word. Verse 23, 4. If anyone only listens to the word without obeying it, Being a doer of it, he is like a man who looks carefully at his own natural face in a mirror, for he thoughtfully observes himself, but then he goes off and he promptly forgets what he was like. This is why we have to keep preaching, teaching the same truths over and over again, because the Bible is a mirror. Did you hear me? That's where you find out what you look like. But to date, people that don't know Christ, they look like what others have told them they look like. I said they look like what others have told them or what life has told them. But we're to look in the law of perfect liberty. We're to look in a mirror. This Bible is a mirror. And we find out who we are in the book. For if anyone only listens to the word without obeying it and being doing it of it, he is like a man who looks carefully at his own natural face in a mirror. For he thoughtfully observes himself and then goes off and promptly forgets what he was like. Verse 25. But he who looks carefully into the faultless law, the faultless law, the law of liberty, and is faithful to it, and perseveres. That's the word we all love, right? Persevere. Everybody say, I'm going to Persevere. He who is faithful to it and perseveres in looking into it, being not a heedless listener who forgets, but an active doer who obeys, he shall be blessed in his doing, his life of obedience. Amen? Now, I'm going to come now to this. This is very simple, the subconscious versus the conscious mind. Let's put up the next slide, if we could, on that, if we can jump back to that. This is a simple quote. This And this was written... Uh, uh, by a guy this is a PhD in psychology psychology named Dr. Matthew James this is a quote he had him. he's Danny Jones who I don't know he says the conscious mind determines the actions the unconscious or the subconscious mind determines the reactions but this is the point he's trying to make but the reactions are just as important as the actions Okay. now you've got to think on that for a while See, you act because of what you're active, what you're thinking about, right, you know, what right here, your conscious mind. But what's in your subconscious, what's down deep, and this is where it's like the runs the parallel between the soul and the spirit, the heart of man. The subconscious, what's in there is what you react to. But what you react to then causes you to act. Right? So we have to, in other words, that stuff that's so deep-rooted in your soul. And if I may, like I said, interpose between the heart and the soul in this particular teaching. You you know, this is where we've got to find, we've got to, that's what you default to. That's what you default to, okay? Okay. I'll put up the next slide. And again, there's many different interpretations of subconscious, unconscious, like I said. And there's some that are so long, but let me just read. This is, this is some of the things. Yeah, I think it's about seven things. He said, this doctor, uh, what's his name? Dr. Matthew James. Said, this is this. Is the, these are some of the, what he says, the, some of the basic simple things of what the subconscious, unconscious mind does. It preserves the body. One of its main objectives is the survival of your physical body it will fight anything that appears to be a threat to that survival so if you want to change a behavior more easily you have to show how your unconscious or subconscious you have to show your unconscious mind how that behavior is hurting your body again in Christian terms we're saying again you've got to think differently (laughs) that's all you hear me This is why meditation in the word is so crucial because it has to get past head knowledge until you have it here so that your reactions begin to help your outer actions. You react on the inside before you act on the outside. I said you react on the inside before you act on the outside. And this is again... John 15, you are now, are you clean through the word? You've got to keep letting God's word clean up the way you think. The next little bit, he says, it runs the body. The unconscious, now again, he uses the word unconscious, the place they say subconscious, the unconscious mind handles all of your basic physical function, breathing, heart rate, immune system. That's all happening. That's all a function of how your subconscious is working to keep everything running. Many believe that the unconscious holds the blueprint of your body as it is now and also the blueprint of your perfect health. Rather than telling the unconscious what perfect health looks like, try asking it what it knows and what you need for better health. You know what that translates into? God's word says that God desires truth in the inward parts. And he's basically what it's saying there, go deep. Go deep. Listen to the inner man. Because the fact of the matter is 99.9% of us know what right is and know what wrong is. Because it's in our subconscious. But again, see, those who have been so incredibly damaged, this is why we have to change. We have to understand there is some work that we have to do. This doesn't happen with the magic wand. Bing! You'll never have that problem Again. No, you've got to study to show yourself approved. Next, he says, your, your unconscious mind is like a seven-year-old child, like a young child. The unconscious likes to serve, needs very clear directions, and takes your instructions very literally. So if you say, listen to this, if you say this job is a pain in the neck, your unconscious mind will figure out a way to make sure your neck hurts. In other words, and this is where when I teach so much on Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 10, 11, and 12. God speaks about it, Paul speaks there, and he talks about those who have been given over to strong delusion that they might believe a lie, that they might believe a lie and be damned for it because they had more pleasure in unrighteousness than in righteousness. But that's the thing where we talk about people can believe, people will believe a lie. And what you believe, you empower. That's one of the underlying major, big time, big time, big times truth that God helps us understand. What you believe, you empower. See, right or wrong, if you believe you're a failure, you'll be a failure. You hear me? What you believe, you empower. This is why we've got to dig this stuff out, have heart surgery, over, and over. just get to the word and say, "My future is going to be wonderful." I have a God-ordained plan that will never change. God never changes his mind about those to whom he sends his gifts or gives his call. So Rod's plan, the call of God on Rod's life, will never change. The gifts he's given me, he'll never take back. Hallelujah. So I may as well go learn how to celebrate it. You know what I mean? I may as well say, here, I embrace it, accept it. This is who I am. This is who I am. I am a man of God. I'm a holy man of God. I'm a righteous man of God. By my act? No, by the blood of Jesus Christ. But I've released faith in him, and his life is at work within my life. That's who I am. Hallelujah. The world says, no, you're not. I saw you mess up in cuss of the other day. Well, hallelujah, I, I, I confess that. It's dead. It's gone. That's not who I am. That's not who I am. There's nobody in here that doesn't mess up once in a while. Maybe Ann, Anne Mercer back there, bless her world. I don't think Ann ever messes up. She never sins. Right, Ann? No, you're, you're perfection. Hallelujah. Isn't that funny? So if you say this job is a pain in the neck, your unconscious mind will figure out a way to make sure that your neck hurts at work. The unconscious is also very moral in the way as a young child is moral which means based on the morality taught and accepted by your parents' or surroundings. So if you were taught that, quote-unquote, sex is nasty, your subconscious or unconscious will still respond to that teaching even after your conscious mind has rejected it. Now, that's his illustration, but the point is, whatever, it's you see, it's just psychology teaching what the Bible says. If you keep thinking... If you've received a word that's a lie or that's not in alignment with God's word, it's less than God's perfection. It's less than God's best for you. Amen? As a man thinketh, so is he. You become what you continually meditate and think about. You are today a picture of what your organized thoughts have created you to be in the past. Thank God how many of you will join me saying saying that, thank God, I'm being changed from glory to glory, strength to strength, and, you know, hallelujah, and, and faith to faith by virtue of the grace of God? I love that that lyric that song, grace and peace have come to me. Hallelujah. Grace and peace have come to Rod. That, I'm glad for that. I'm really glad that grace and peace came to me. The next thing he says is, is the unconscious subconscious mind communicates through emotion and symbols. To get your attention, the unconscious uses emotions. For example, if you suddenly feel afraid, your unconscious has detected, rightly or wrongly, that your survival is at risk. Again, they're just saying that what's in your subconscious mind determines how you'll act. I like that, just that first statement. You're out, you know, what you think outside, the big part of your brain, is determines how you act. But that is acting because of what you reacted to because of something that's so deeply seated in your subconscious. It stores and organizes memories. And again, just what we said, your past. What's happened to you good? What's happened to you bad? The subconscious stores and organizes memories. The unconscious decides where and how your memories are stored. It may hide certain memories such as traumas that have strong negative emotions until you are mature enough to process them consciously, which is what God wants us to do. When it senses that you are ready, whether you consciously think you are or not, it will bring them up so you can deal with them. And this, I think, is, again, in Christ, this is God's grace for real. He will continue to bring that up, but not so that you can be tormented over it, so that you can finally be delivered from it. Hallelujah. But see, so you have to believe. But think about what people say, people that have gone through stuff. How often do you hear them? Julie and I know people, you know, over and over again. I will never recover. They say it all the time. I will never recover from that. I will simply never recover from that. I will keep that in my memory forever. And they will. Why? Because they keep taking that thought and saying it and giving life to it. I'll never be able to forgive them. I'll never. I'm sorry. You don't understand. I will never be able to forgive them. They're right because they've chosen. They made a choice. But see, God says forgive even as I have forgiven you. So you make the choice. I'm going to forgive them. It doesn't say anything about feeding like it. God's trying to get you to life and get you as far away from death as possible. But you have to begin to cooperate with how the kingdom functions. Speak life. It's not that difficult, man. Just put it up with me. I only got a couple more to go, then we're done, and you can just rejoice. Renee sitting back there smiling, ready for lunch. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The subconscious mind does not process negatives, the unconscious absorbs pictures. Rather than words. now that is something I wish I could take more time on. It absorbs pictures, and this is why God wants you to paint with the brush, the paintbrush of his word. See, God will paint pictures, even when you, you know when you actually in, when I was at Bible school, my Bible training. They showed us in the Hebrew, they showed us how Hebrew characters are actually all symbols, they're all pictures. They really refer to a picture. Characters that, they, that in the, the most ancient of languages, hieroglyphics, communication took place through pictures. You began to understand how to communicate through pictures. God's word is to paint Tanya likes to paint. Right, Tanya? Tanya's an incredible artist. I don't know if you've ever seen some of the stuff she's done. But pictures, what what's that old statement? A picture speaks louder than a thousand words. See, God's word, you're to be in it until you begin to see who you are. You see. You see. You don't reason. You don't think I'm this. You see I'm this. Because this is what's really happening in your heart. Your heart is showing you who you are, not telling you. That's that's profound. Uh, Subconscious, unconscious, absorbs pictures rather than words. So if you say, I don't want to procrastinate... The unconscious generates a picture of you procrastinating. (laughs) Switching that picture from the negative to the positive takes an extra step. Better to tell your unconscious, let's get to work. Now, again, this is not a Christian writing this. But you see what's being said. It's the truth of Scripture being said from a vantage point of the world. Finally, the subconscious makes associations and learns quickly. To protect you, the unconscious stays alert and tries to glean the lessons from each experience. For example, if you had a bad experience in school, your unconscious or subconscious may choose to lump all of your learning experiences into the, the, quote, this is not going to be fun category. It will signal you with sweaty palms and anxiety whenever you attempt something new. But if you do well in sports, your unconscious will remember that sports equals success— And you'll feel positive and energized whenever physical activity comes up. Amen. Very simple stuff. So what am I saying? What am I trying to say this morning altogether? As a man, I mean, it's just so real, deep, but simple, but vital. As a man thinks, so is he. We need to do work on our thought life. We need to understand we can take captivity every renegade thought and lead them into the obedience of Christ. That's you just do that. How do you do that? You don't give life to the wrong thoughts. Again, Jesus, Jesus, the great teacher, take no thought, saying, take no thought, saying, don't take the thought. Amen. Don't take that thought. Take a new thought. So this is why we get to stay in the book. Because if you know the truth, if you know what God says, you get to take that thought. I am a blessing going somewhere to happen. Doesn't that sound egotistical? But I am. (laughs) But see, that's who you are. You've got to start seeing. Your heart, your subconscious mind sees. It shows. More than it speaks. God's word shows. It paints a picture. This is why it's so important that you capture your thoughts and begin to allow God to paint who you really are. I'm telling you, like I said, hell has done its work over time on so many of us. We're a failure. We'll never do this. We'll never have that. We'll never blah, 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 blah. Never, never, never. It's real easy to recognize the devil at work because you hear the words never in people's conversation. Never, never, or always, always, but always about something negative. Just turn it around, but see, know the truth, not just a, this is the difference between positive thinking, that's a soulish thing, and spiritual strength, which is the word of God. It's not just positive thinking. Oh, it's very, very similar. It's very similar indeed because God's word will cause you to think positively. But it's not the power of the mind. It's taking the sword of the spirit and applying it to the mind so that it begins to enter your heart. For out of the heart, proceed the issues of life. Guard your heart above all that you guard. Guard your heart above all that you guard. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray this morning, I break the power of every curse, every foul, unclean, damaging, hindering curse word that's touched the hearts of your people. In the name of Jesus, I speak blessing, I speak the truth. And the truth is that in Christ you have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. That is who you are. You are blessed of God, whom God hath blessed no man can curse. No man can curse. So these people are blessed. I bless them. But Father, you've already blessed them. In Jesus' name, receive the blessings From God. Receive the blessing of God. Receive the truth. That you are right with God. Because of the blood of Jesus. Receive the truth. That you are the healed of the Lord. Because of the work in the blood of Jesus Christ. Receive the truth. That you have peace with God. Almighty. To the lamb on the cross. Receive the truth. That you are a blessing. Going somewhere to explode. Perceive the truth that you are unequivocally loved, loved, loved passionately, passionately. You are deeply adored, passionately, overwhelmingly loved by the creator himself. You are the pupil of his eye. He will never, ever, ever forsake you. Never leave you undone. Never, ever forsake you. Never, never. God is for you. Therefore, nothing can successfully stand against you. Nothing. You are blessed of the Lord God. Father, help us to receive this. Help us to make a difference in this nation. I pray that every single person will look at themselves in the mirror and say, I am a life changer. My words will change lives. I will be sensitized to my Father's spirit. Everywhere I go, I will speak life. I choose to put pressure of goodness against the pressure of darkness. I choose to be a purveyor of light. I choose to be a purveyor of life in the name of Jesus. I represent you and you gave me that name and you said I can go and walk the streets of London in the power and the authority of that name. Thank you that therefore it is true, it's not just a clever little verse, no weapon formed against me will prosper, none of them.
1: We believe you really enjoyed enjoyed
0: this message. message. For further information, visit www.commonwealthchurch.org and feel free to join us on any Sunday.